to find it on YouTube and on our Facebook page. So last week, we talked about what it meant to be a disciple. And uh, we established that they were called disciples before they were called Christians. And according to Matthew 28, 19, each of us that want to live for God and we want to make it to heaven, we are commanded to not only become disciples, but we are commanded to go and make disciples. And so a disciple we established is a verb, okay? Uh, Christian, the, the, the word Christian is a noun. A disciple is a verb. And I've made the statement, and I want to clarify again that living for God is not just about who we are, but it's about what we do. What we do matters to God, and we're going to get into some of that today. So being a disciple is not only is it to be a learner, not only is it to learn the things of God, but it is to do the things that God commands. It's not enough to say that I'm a disciple. I'm known by what I do. And so God has a great expectation on what we do. And then we, uh, we went through and we navigated through that being a disciple, not only is it a learner and a doer, but there is a cost and there is a commitment that comes with those that want to be a disciple. And uh, again, I would challenge us to go back through again Listen to those again, because there is a tremendous cost and commitment God expects for us to navigate when we say we want to be disciples. And then we talked about the three uh, stages or phases, if I can put it that way, the three phases of, uh, of I guess, becoming a disciple. And uh, the first one was come and see. The second was follow me. And the third was abide in me. Uh, come and see is where people are just curious. Uh, we see a lot of people in the old in the New Testament that were just there. They were curious about who Jesus was. They were hanging around because they were just curious. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be curious. They're going to come to church. They're just curious about what's going on, but they have no real sincere desire to go any further. And uh, I would hate I would hate for God to come back and only be a curious individual about the things of God. And then there are those that follow me. And I'm basing that off of the command in scripture, follow me. Those are the people that you find in scripture that are, they're, they're a little more dedicated. They're a little more consistent. They're, they're, they're kind of at the side of Jesus a little bit more, but many of them, they're just there for what's in it for them. They're in it for the bread. They're in it for the fish. They're in it for the miracles but when the when the when the tough time tough times come, as you see when Jesus is betrayed and, and is taken to Calvary, uh, a lot of those people that claim to follow him were nowhere to be found, and so they were willing to go a little ways, but not all the way. The third stage is what I believe is a biblical understanding of being a true disciple, a learner, and a doer, willing to pay the cost and commitment, is those that abide in Him. The Bible said, except a man abide in me, talking about Jesus, he can bear no fruit. And so there is an absolute mandate that we are to abide in him and he will abide in us. And so that, that place of abiding is a place of total selling out. It's 100%, not 90%, not 95%, not 98%. 
It's 100% commitment to God. And that doesn't mean we won't have imperfections, that we won't have failures happen in our lives, but we are so committed that no matter what comes our way, we're going to be faithful and abide in him. There's nowhere else to go, nothing else I want. So we ended last week with what it was to be a disciple. And so today we're going to get into spiritual growth. And uh, every one of us that are in this small group tonight, uh, God is mandating us to a place of spiritual growth. God is mandating you and I that we grow. I'm going to say this, growing is not an option, okay? It is not an option. And that is very important to understand. God expects growth. And so, we're going to kind of look at what that looks like. We're going to navigate what the Bible has to say about it, and and uh, hopefully by the time we're done with this, we'll understand a little bit more about what God desires for mine and yours life. So when we all come to God and we receive the Holy Ghost or we're on the road towards receiving it, one of the things we need to understand is that we have to approach our walk with God as newborn babes. First Peter 2 and verse number 1 there on your screen says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Now, there's a lot in there. I mean, he's pretty much asking us to lay aside everything that's anti-God. Verse number 2 says, As newborn babes, desire... And that word desire literally means in context to crave or long for. He says, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so, in other words, those of us that have begun to experience the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the spirit of God, When we begin to approach him, we have to approach him as a newborn babe. Now, the the newborn babe paradigm here, number one, we do know the Bible commands us to be born again of the water and the spirit. And so when we are born again of the water and the spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost, uh, we are in that sense, we are we are a part of a new birth. But Regardless of that, the emphasis of that paradigm or that that model that is being, that metaphor that's being used there is the desire, okay? The desire that a newborn has to be fed is insatiable. It wakes you up at all hours of the day. Uh, it, 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 it demands no matter what, in other words, a newborn babe, pretty much in that early phase of life, their only desire is for, is to be fed, to be held to, again, the, the desire here, it's pulling this metaphor that we need to have a desire that earnestly craves the sincere milk of the word, the foundational elements of God's word. That means I want to immerse myself in the Bible. I want to be 
in every church service, every time the word of God is spoken. And like we're doing tonight, I want to be in these rooted Bible studies because like a newborn baby, I am sincerely desiring or craving the word of God. Why? Because I want to grow. I want the Bible to show me uh, what the foundation needs to look like, what things I need to work on. Uh, I, I want the Bible to teach me, to uh, to even rebuke me or uh, call me to change in areas that maybe I'm not aware of. Again, because as a newborn babe, I need to get strength and I need that strength to help develop uh, musculature so that uh, <clears throat> I can grow and begin to crawl and from crawling, I begin to walk and then walking, I can begin to run and then I can begin to mature and stand on my own. But at the very beginning, and this is something I think is very important, not only is it at the beginning, but one of the things the Bible said is that except you become as little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I think that there is a continual and ongoing process by which we need to never lose the sincere desire uh, that is cap that is encapsulated here uh, of newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word. Don't ever let the word become an old hat. Uh, don't ever let church become an old hat. Don't don't ever get comfortable. Don't ever get cold and lethargic. Don't don't, don't ever let any of that happen. It's so important to make sure that we are maintaining an unbelievable sincerity for the things of God. And so that is the very first place that we are called to approach. We need to earnestly crave and desire the things of God. One of the things I like to ask people is, are there things that get in the way of your serving God? Are there, are there appetites that you have that compete with the appetite for the word or the appetite for church or the appetite for Bible study? Again, my number one desire uh, ought to be like a newborn babe, and I ought to have a desire for the sincere milk of the word so that I can grow thereby. <clears throat> Again, we are called to grow. And so moving forward, uh, there are several ways in which we are called to grow, but we are called here, 2 Peter 3.18, you'll see it down here. It says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God expects us. He mandates that you and I will grow in the knowledge, okay, uh, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is not meant to just be something of the heart. We are meant to grow in knowledge. And uh, that is why it's so important to study the Bible. Now, be very careful about what voices you allow to teach you the Bible. Um, it's very, 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 very dangerous to open up yourself to a wide differences of voices that have many different opinions on the Bible. That's very dangerous. Paul said there are many voices in this world, and none of them are not without significance. In other words, Every voice matters, and every voice has influence. So I got to be very careful, very, very, very careful uh, when we talk about um, uh, what we hear. But again, uh, 
you need to ask yourself as you move along, am I growing in the knowledge of the word? Am I growing in the knowledge of the things of God? Am I growing in the knowledge of things that are spiritual? Um, it's very important that we are growing. And uh, that's something that I think sometimes um, I'm seeing in this generation. There's not a lot of reading of the Bible. There's not a lot of effort that's put in by some people for living for God. Listen, you've got to make sure that you are doing everything you can to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Another one, uh, and this is very important, God expects for us to grow. Ephesians 4.11 says he gave some apostles, some were prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So not only does God expect us to grow, but he gives us the tools to grow. And uh, some of those tools are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so I, as your pastor, am an individual that has been called by God, and I've responded to that call. You can't just call yourself to that. Uh, all of us can be used to help teach others and witness to others, but God calls ministries or offices, and we'll get into that in future lessons, but look at verse number 12. It says, the reason for these is for the perfecting of the saints. That's you and me. Uh, that's those of us that are in the church. It's to perfect us. It's to help build us. It's to help to cut down the rough edges in our lives, make us better. It's also to help for the work of the ministry. It's to help engage you and I in the work of, of ministry. God wants us to to, to minister to the lost and minister to one another. And also, it says, for the edifying, that word edifying literally means the building up of the body of Christ. So God gives us these tools because God expects for us to grow. And uh, again, uh, growth occurs many ways. We're going to get into those, but again, God gives us pastors and evangelists and teachers, and these are gifts to the church, and these things help us grow. And look at this. When, when, when does this end? When do I stop needing these things? Verse 13 says, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, right there, that means it's, you know, you're going to need this until the day you die because nobody's going to become perfect until we make it to heaven. And so these are things that God's expecting us to always be growing. And look at what it says there. He wants us to grow in unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ is the model for which we all strive to become. He's the great shepherd. As a pastor, God calls me to be an under-shepherd, and those of you that are a part of the church and growing are sheep among the flock of this local church. And we are all trying to grow together under the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. He's our example and model. We want to be like him. And, and why do we need this? It says, so we are no more children. In other words, I'm just going to say this as careful as I can. Some people never cease to be children in Christ. And Paul made a statement at one point to the to the to the a group that he was writing to. He said, "You know, I'm having to feed you milk when you ought to be uh, you ought to have graduated from milk." 
How, in other words, what Paul is saying is if you don't have that desire very early on to grow and submit yourself to growing and learning and developing and becoming everything God wants you to be, you can get 20 years down the road and just come to church and 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 really still be like a child up and down never never stable always you know having issues and problems never really strong in god because look at what he says there he goes the purpose of all of this this growing process is that we are no longer like children tossed back and forth to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head of Christ. So he's saying, look, your desire, our desire, we need to grow. God doesn't just want us just to come to church and feel good. God wants us to grow every single day. I need to be reading my Bible every day. I need to learn how to pray every single day. I, I, again, there's so much about this, and we're going to get into this in this lesson. Uh, God wants us to grow. We are expected to be further along next year than we are right now. And unfortunately, if we are not engaging in an effort to grow, um, then, then we're going to end up sometimes being right where we are now. That's not the will of God. We need to be further along every single year. And so that's why a lot of times New Year's Eve, I like to um, kind of look at my own spiritual growth. I like to look at the things God's done in me. Um, I like to um, look at my life and say, you know, what are some things I know I still need to grow, work on and change and Again, every morning that I wake up and I pray, I'm asking God to search me and help me and build me. And 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 God, if there's anything in me that that I'm I'm not aware of, show it to me. Um, I have a pastor. Uh, I'm your pastor, but I have a pastor, and and uh, he will tell me things in my life that I I need to grow in, or things that maybe I'm not getting right. And so again, and the Word of God does that, and prayer helps do that through the guiding of the Spirit. And so, again, we have to grow. We have to mature. We can't just live as children for the rest of our lives, just up and down, to and fro, uh, you know, led by our emotions and our feelings. No, we got to get some solid ground under our feet. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. That scripture's again, same principle. Um, he was telling the, Thessal the, church, the saints in Thessalonica, he was telling them, look, I'm beseeching you and I'm exhorting you uh, as you've received the word from us of how you ought to walk and how you ought to live and how you ought to be for God. The reason that we have done those things, the reason we're challenging you, the reason that we're preaching to you, the reason we're teaching you is we want you to grow, abound, be more, more and more. We, In other words, you got to keep on striving to be more for Jesus. There, don't ever reach the dangerous place of I have arrived. And so again, all of these verses are challenging us that we have to grow. Spiritual growth is mandated. And if I don't have a strong desire to, to grow, 
Um, I need to really sit down with God in a place of prayer and say, God, this is a dangerous place to be. Because if I don't desire the word of God and I don't desire to change and I don't desire to be more and I don't desire to have God call me and use me, I'm in a dangerous place because you know what? The world and the devil is going to call me and he's going to tempt me and he's going to want me to grow in sin and grow in, in, in wickedness. And, and so again, I need to have that desire. And I think it's important that we really pray for that desire. But sometimes you just got to get started and saying, I know what's right and I got to do what's right. And, and as we do what's right over time, uh, those things really help us. And so uh, let's look at some aspects of growth. Um, these are some aspects of growth that if you do a Bible study, uh, you will come to find that these are some areas that the Bible calls us to grow in. And uh, if you have your Bible, you can feel free to maybe go to some of those. But what I would recommend is uh, going to these and looking at these uh, later on your own when you have an opportunity. Again, uh, we're limited in time, and so I, I don't want to necessarily slow down and read, but I do want to read Second uh, Peter 3.18, and uh, it tells us, uh, but grow in grace, and we just read this one, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So one aspect of growth that God calls us to is he wants us to grow in grace. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, we are called to grow in faith. And uh, again, many of us may be listening to this tonight and, and watching this saying, well, how do I do these things? Well, that's, that's where desire is important. Uh, you can't get everything in one lesson. We can't, we can't you know, teach every one of these things tonight. These are general overviews. But if you really have a desire to live for God, then these are things you start getting in the Bible. You start going to prayer and say, God, I want my faith to grow. I want to grow in grace. What does that mean? I don't, you know, some people say, I don't know what that means. Well, find out, be hungry, um, man, desire to know and, and study and get in the word of God and pray about it. And, and when you come to church, take notes and listen, because you'd be amazed at how much is talked about in a Bible study or a midweek lesson or a Sunday sermon that will actually help answer some of these things. But again, we are called to grow in grace. We're called to grow in faith. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12, we're called to grow in love. And uh, that word love there in the Greek is agape, which it's a perfect love. It's a love that God calls us to. And uh, so God wants us to grow in love. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 20. He says, I want you to grow in understanding. Uh, listen, folks, the longer you live for God, the more you need to understand the things of God and the word of God. It's why Bible studies are so important. And uh, you need to understand. You need to understand why you do what you do. You need to understand why you believe what you believe. You need to understand what the Bible says, not what a man says. Again, if I don't grow in my understanding of the things of God, I am susceptible and pray to, to fa a false teacher coming into my life and convincing me of something that is false. 
I can't afford that. And so I have to grow in understanding. In 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, we are called to grow in holiness. Well, what is holiness? Well, we're going to get into that in future lessons, but we are called to grow in it. We're called in John 15, 16 to grow in fruitfulness. And then we are called in Philippians 4, 11, and 12 to grow in contentment. And uh, these are just an overview of aspects that the Bible calls us to grow in. Now, I don't know about you, but out of that list, I want to work on every single one of them. There's more on every one of them I want to, I desire every time I get in the Bible and every time that I, I uh, pray and, 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 and just meditate on the word of God. And uh, these are things that I'm just, I'm always pursuing. I mean, my, when I, when I think about God, I'm thinking about, I want to be more like him. I want to be closer to him. I want to be more effective for him. I, I want to be more uh, anointed. I want more of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit. I want to have uh, holiness. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I want to grow in holiness. I want to be more holy. What does that mean? Well, I want to find out. And so when I first came to God, you couldn't stop me. I spent hours and hours at the church. I I wanted to be in the church. I wanted to pray. I wanted to read the Bible. I listened to uh, uh, to apostolic Pentecostal preaching. I mean, countless hours of the day. And one of the dangers is, is unfortunately, the longer some people live for God, the the more they 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 just start taking for granted what they're a part of, and they start to lose their desire that they had at the beginning. I'm going to challenge every one of you watching get that desire. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you want to get your Bible out. You want to read your Bible. You want to pray. You want to fast. You're not fasting to starve yourself. You, you're fasting because you, you know your flesh gets in the way and you want to have less flesh and more spiritual sensitivity. I want to be more like God. I want God to use me to help win other people. I want God to use me to teach the Bible to somebody else. And again, these are all aspects of growth that we are called to. Now, I'm just going to be very honest with you. No matter what stage you're at, if you're going to grow and become anything for Jesus, you're going to have to be patient with the process. Now, this is where I, I think we end up losing so many people that start on the journey. But when they start realizing what we talked about last week, the cost of discipleship, the commitments God wants them to have, the changes they're going to have, the problem is, is they just don't have a true love for the truth. And, and because of that, they don't have the desire that's necessary to do it. Again, everything is hinged on you've got to have the want to. And uh, even if you struggle sometimes with, with feeling like it, you, if you know it's what you need to do, you just got to be man or woman enough to say, I'm going to go do it anyways. I'm not going to skip church. I'm not going to skip rooted. I'm not going to skip prayer. I'm not going to skip Bible studies. No, I, I got to do it because it's the right thing to do. And you pray that God help you along the way. But again, you got to have that desire. And so you got to be patient, though. 
you're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. Um, some people come in and they feel a call to be used by God, but they still don't know that they still don't have an idea how to stop being a bad witness, uh, or they're still getting in fights all the time, or or they're still very worldly. Um, they're not a good witness, but th they want to live for God, and they start living for God, and they want to be used by God, and they feel so excited. They want to go win the world, and uh, you know, sometimes a pastor will say, hey, slow down. You're not ready for this yet. You, you need to grow. You need to learn. And, and then they do a little growing and a little learning. And they say, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I, I want to teach a message or I want to, I want to do this, or I want to do that. I want, again, I'm not, I'm not against, um, using people for Jesus, but again, um, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be patient with the process. Um, you don't get a job when you're, when you come out of the womb. I mean, babies have to grow. Babies have to develop. Babies have to learn. Uh, the last thing I want to do is throw somebody that's new in, in Christ into a situation where they are confronted with somebody that starts to challenge their faith and they haven't grown at all. They're still like children. They're tossed to and fro. They're led by their emotions. No, it, you've got to be patient with the building process. God will build you. And it's not always easy. Um, man, it's very difficult sometimes. And so look, Hebrews 12 and one says, wherefore seeing we're also, also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience, the race that is set before us. You've got to pace yourself. I know people that just, they come in and they just dive in and they just want to, you know, do everything and be everything. And, and, and they're, and then they don't want to go through the process of learning. They don't want to learn how to be faithful. Listen to me. You got to learn how to be faithful to the house of God. You've got to learn how to be faithful in your tithing and your offering. You got to be learn how to be faithful in your witness and your character. You've got to conquer sin in your life. You've got to lay aside weights, things that are going to hinder you in living for God. And you've got to be willing to be patient. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Don't compare yourself with pastor or sister had. Don't compare yourself with somebody else that's been living for God for five years and you're only a month in. You got to come in and say, look, however long it takes, no matter what it takes, I want to grow. I want to do something for God. I want to make it to heaven. I want to be right and clean and everything God wants from me. I've got a desire to be that, but you got to be patient because it takes time. It's a growing process. So again, uh, whatever stage you're at right now, just be patient. Don't get frustrated. Uh, even those of you that may feel like you've got a calling on your life and, oh, pastor, I feel called to do something. You got to trust me. Uh, if I feel like it's time to, 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 to use you in that area, I will. Uh, but again, um, in the Bible talks about, uh, deacons in the new Testament, which is another word for minister. And everybody's called to some form of ministry. It says, let them first prove themselves. In other words, we've got to prove ourselves. Why? Why? Because the kingdom of God is not like a business. It's not like a job. When you start to become an influencer of other people, and you start to be promoted as a leader or somebody that's going to help lead others, if you are not strong and you fall because you're not ready, 
and you haven't gone through the process of learning and growing, you can end up taking and influencing a lot of people on your way out or your way down. And so again, we have to be very careful. Again, for me, I didn't just get in church and then become a pastor. No, it was a long process of growing and developing and making mistakes and having somebody tell me I need to work on this and work on that. And I had to have the word of God preached to me and, and, and chip away at the edges in my life. And God's still doing that today. I'm still growing. We're all, we all should be growing. And I've got to be patient with the process too, because there's some things that take me longer to learn than it might take others, but I'm not going to quit because it's taken long to learn it. I just, I'm going to plug in and, and, and pray that God helps me learn it. And so we got to be patient with the process. We got to grow, but we got to be patient. Uh, another thing is, and, and many of you know, this is my favorite thing to say. And uh, many of you have heard this, but we've got to submit to the process. Now, being patient is one thing. The other part of this is submitting to the process. You know what? When you're living for God and you're trying to live for God, not everything God wants you to do, you're going to like. Uh, not everything in the process that you're going to have to go through that God's going to call you to that you're actually going to like. Do you know that there's going to be times that the word of God or, or, or myself as pastor will say something that will, uh, God will be challenging you with. And again, everything I say is going to be supported by the word of God. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, want you to do something just because, you know, I like purple socks or like, Hey, you're going to wear purple. No, 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 no. Uh, if there's something in our life that needs to be changed, there's going to be times where it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times where uh, you're going to, we're going to have to sit down and the process is going to start to correct us. And the word of God's going to challenge us. And the word of God's going to convict us. And it's not going to tell us what we want to hear. And, uh, this world today doesn't like to submit. It doesn't like to be obedient. It doesn't like to listen. Um, and we see this in our younger generation of children that can't even sit still. And they, they ignore moms and dads and they ignore leadership. Well, most of the time they learn that from us because we ourselves don't like it. And so we have to submit to the process, no matter how painful it gets, no matter if, 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 no matter how much my flesh wants to do something, if God says no, well, how desperately do you want to, to be used by God? Man, I, I'm willing to do anything. I want to be used by God, not used in like 3% capacity. I want to be used to the fullness of my ability. Whatever God's purpose for my life is, I want to be used and I want to make it to heaven and I want to be powerful in prayer and in the spirit. Again, what are you guys striving for? What are you living for? What's driving you in the kingdom of God? And so look at Isaiah 45 and 9, and this is, uh, it's also uh, talked about in Romans 9 and 20, but look at how dumb this sounds. It says, woe to him who strives or resists him who formed him. And he's talking about a potter, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him, the potter who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. What God is trying to say is we really, it's a futile exercise to resist God. You know, what, what are we doing if when God starts to try to uh, shape us and, and, and force us into a certain shape, who do we think we are to say, God, I don't want you to do that. I don't like that. I, 
we don't have that right. We don't have the ability. And, and I've learned something. The quicker we can come to accept his plan and his process and not fight it and not resist it, the easier it gets to live for God. In other words, God, whatever you want. And if God says, well, I don't want you to have that job. Okay, God, uh, help open a door for another job. Listen to me, whatever God wants, not what, you know, and again, don't get so ooky spooky. If you're not praying, don't tell me you hear from God. If you don't have a prayer life, don't tell me you hear from God. If you're living in sin, don't tell me that you're hearing from God all the time. God, the Bible says that, that God will not regard the prayers of them that are in iniquity. If I'm willfully sinning and living in sin, who do I think I am to walk around and act like I have this, you know, uh, this, this straight line, mainline connection to God. And he talks to me all the time and gives me direction and helps me in my life. No, 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 no. Relationship births revelation and conversation and, and, and direction from God. And so again, uh, the, the, the quicker that I can learn God, whatever you want. <clears throat> and guess what? A lot of times God will use me as your pastor to, to help push you into those directions through the word of God. And, uh, it's not always easy to sit there and say, okay, God, yes, sir. I, I'll do it. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll live for you. I'll serve you. Okay. So, uh, many of you are going to, you already know this before I say it. But every one of us has to become stewards of the process. What is a steward? It's overseeing and managing with excellence. Everybody say excellence. It's overseeing and managing with excellence the resources and or responsibilities God has given to me. And so the process includes all that. And to be a steward, I need to, I need to do, I need to take the process and, and excellently manage and oversee that process. I need to, I need to make sure that, that I'm a steward of it. I'm taking care of it. God, whatever you want, whatever you will, even if I don't want to hear it, even if, even if my flesh doesn't want to change, it doesn't matter. What's met, what matters is I'm obedient to the word of God. I submit to the word of God and I do what you want me to do. Now, that's the true test sometimes of those that say they want to live for God and those that actually do, okay? God will tell us. God will, he'll rebuke us. God will tell us one day, you know, I don't want you to, you don't need to have that in your house. And, you, and it, how much do you want to submit to the process? Okay, everything, God doesn't want to hurt me. He wants to help me. And everything God does is meant to help me grow, okay? And so, we have to submit to the process. Now, submitting to the process. Now, here's one that this day and age is not, they are not, this, this world today does not care about this one. But we also have to submit to the shepherd. Now, I'm not here tooting my own horn. I am submitted to a pastor in my life. Look at Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Okay, so here it's talking about what's in the, in the Greek called the presbyter or the bishops or the pastors, those that have been given oversight over you, not to be not to lord over you, not to control you. This isn't like a cult, but God gives you shepherds and the pastor is a shepherd 
And it says here, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls as those that must give account. I am going to stand before God and God is going to hold me accountable for everything I have said and done in each of your lives. That means if I if I'm not praying and I'm just spouting off my opinion and, and I'm telling you things and they lead you astray and they lead you down the wrong path, God's going to judge me for that. That's why the Bible says, be not many masters. In other words, don't just go around trying to be a pastor or a leader because those that are in the position that I hold, there is a tremendous responsibility I'm going to stand before God, and God is going to hold me accountable for how I led you, how I pastored you. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to tell you what, that's a grave responsibility. My job and goal in life is to try to get you into heaven. I am here to, for, to watch for your soul, and uh, I'm also going to be guilty if I don't say things that are, are, are needed to be said that are hurting you. So if you're doing something that is causing you to go backwards or hurting your growth, if I don't say something to you, I'm going to be accountable for that as well. And so look at what it also says here. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is the kind of person I was with my pastor. My pastor never had to worry about me submitting or, or, or you know, I was, yes, sir, whatever you need, I'm there to help. I trust you. Um, there were things I wanted to do and I ran it by him and he said, I don't think that's, I don't think that's wise. And I said, okay, yes, sir. I, I trust the man of God in my life. I, I know you're praying for me and uh, I am accountable. I'm holding myself. I'm submitting to that. Now you want to see where your submission is and your obedience in the word of God is have a pastor sit down and tell you something you don't like to hear, but you need to hear and submit to it. Now, that's where sometimes the true measure is really difficult. But look at that. I mean, I'm just reading out of Scripture. Uh, and he goes, look, be the kind of sheep that, that those that have watch over you, that they can do it with joy and not with grief. Okay? There's some people that I have pastored, and I'm going to say that the past tense, lest anybody think that it's anybody in the present tense. But there's some people that, when it, it hasn't been a joy, it's been, it's been worrying about them and, and, and knowing they're not listening and they're making wrong decisions and they're not submitting and it's, and, and it's grievous and it, 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 it makes me lose sleep and, and I got to pray more. And, and yet, no matter how much I pray, they're not listening. And, 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 and it, it, you know, again, don't be that person. God's saying, don't be that kind of person. Submit to them that have rule over you. If, if, if they, if, if pastor approaches you and says, Hey, you need to be in prayer. You know, that's part of growing. That's part of being a witness. That's part of being an influencer. That's part of being a leader. Don't get mad at me. Just, you know, that's the, you're right. I need to, thanks for challenging me. I'll do better. And, uh, you know, let them do it with joy, not with grief. And I've always, I've asked God many times in regards to my pastor, God, what kind of, uh, what kind of sheep am I? Do I, do, do they, do they pastor me with joy? Am I somebody that when they see me coming, they're saying, man, that's a, that's a, that's the kind of sheep that you want in the body. 
Uh, am I that kind of person? Am I the kind of person that brings joy, not grief, to the to the to the flock? Uh, I want to be uh, somebody that's growing and submitting to the process and learning and whatever it takes. Why why should we not be the opposite? Where you know, because it says it's unprofitable for us. Okay, so uh, you know, being a goat, and I always tell people, being a goat is not profitable to you and I. Resisting. Um, not listening, um, rejecting, you know, like, so if, if I get up as pastor and I say, look, I think we really need to do this. This is necessary. And somebody just says, well, I don't, I just don't feel like doing it. That's not profitable for you. Just, just do it. Just do it. And, uh, you'll find that the flesh doesn't like to be submitted, but the more you, you, you tell the flesh who's boss, the easier it gets. And so one of the pray, uh, things for growing is you got to submit to the shepherd. And, uh, and then uh, this one is very big. You have to be obedient to the word. Now, going back one, submitting to the sheep, that's, that's an obedience to the word. If I don't, if I'm not the prior slide, I'm not being obedient to the word. And so <clears throat> James 1 20, 21 says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Don't make them shove it down your throat. Don't make them hit you with it, but meekly receive the engrafted word. Let it, let it be woven into your spirit. Become somebody that is so hungry to be like God and to make it to heaven and be used by God, that when you hear the word of God, no matter how much it, it, it challenges you, it, it just, it's just easily slips into your spirit and you accept it and you let it change you because look at what it says. It's able to save your souls. If, if, if you will receive with meekness, the, the word it'll help save your soul, but look at what it says. But if you, if you're but if you be doers of the word and not, uh, but, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves, don't come to church or don't come hear the, the word of God. Don't listen to what I'm teaching tonight and be like, oh yeah, that sounds right. He says, don't, don't just be people that hear the word and say, oh that, yeah, that's true. He says, no, no, you got to be doers of the word because if you're not, you're deceiving yourself. Why? Because it says, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. He sees himself, but he goes away and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. I'm going to tell you right now, the danger of every time we hear the word of God, we become responsible for what the word of God reveals in us. You can't just walk away and say, oh, I forgot. No, you know what you saw. You know what you heard. And when, and when you have heard the Bible say to do something or, 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 or pastor sits down and says, look, here's scripture. This is what God's wanting you to do. This is what the Bible expects from us. If I walk away knowing what's, what I'm supposed to do and I don't do it, I'm deceiving myself. And, and I'm going to have a very hard time having my soul be saved. Look at what James 4.17 says above, there, above that Bible graphic. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good 
and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Okay? I, I can't claim ignorance. I, I, when God tells me to do something and what's going to help me grow, when God says, I want you to be holy, I got to be holy. When God says, put away the unclean thing, I got to put away the unclean, unclean thing. When everything that God tells me to do is to help me, he wants me to grow. And, and so again, um, there is so much we could go on and on and on about this, but this is a this this lesson is so important to anybody that sits here tonight who wants to five years down the row or two years down the row to look back over their life and say, "Man, I am an active part of the kingdom of God. I'm winning souls. Maybe I'm teaching Sunday school. Maybe I've started a ministry in the church. Maybe I'm reaching addicts. Maybe I'm in a maybe I'm, I started a prison ministry." Look at me. I'm telling you where God's wanting to bring us in this church, those of us that are connecting to this and new people that are coming, we have an opportunity. You could be somebody five years down the road you never thought you could be. You, you, you don't have to be in debt. You don't have to drive a beat up old car. You don't have to struggle to make it. I'm telling you, obedience pays off. Living for God pays off. It teaches you how to work, how to save your money, how to be responsible, how to live holy, how to be a steward of the resources in your life. I'm telling you, but it, it's going to take patience. It's going to take submission to the process. It's going to take listening to the pastor. It's going to take being obedient to the word of God. It's going to take everything in our power and our desire has to be plugged in. To wanting to be what God wants us to be. Okay. Um, does anybody, uh, you know, not, not anybody, I'm just telling you right now, um, I would like to open this up now. I think this would be a good time uh, for us to uh, kind of talk about some of these things. Um, <clears throat> 